0: All right. We thank God for his goodness. We thank him for every opportunity that he gives us, allowing us to get into his word, to study his word, to see what he has to say for us. And I'm glad that God always has something for us. That's the, that's just one of the best parts is God always has something for us. Um, so many times the things that God has for us are things that we aren't even expecting. We always, uh, we tend to ask God for one thing or the other, but, um, I'm glad that God has a way of pleasantly surprising us and and uh, ministering to those needs that we don't um, that we don't even realize that we have, and He just kind of just smoothly moves right on in and just and just answers those prayers, uh, many prayers before you even pray them. So uh, we thank God for just His attentiveness and knowing what we need. Um, let's go ahead and begin, uh, uh, pick back up in our uh, lesson. Uh, We're going to start with Psalms 27, um, starting at verse one, Psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me uh, to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell, though A host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear, though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy? I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me when thou saidest will take me up. May the Lord have a blessing uh, to those that hear and do his word. As we always say, the blessing is in the obedience. Amen. And that is uh, a good thing to be reminded of. Why? Because that's exactly what we're talking about and have been talking about in this uh, lesson as we've dealt with um, under the theme of God's mercy. When we cry, we literally are going through the, uh, the um, the twenty-seventh number of the Psalms. We are in part seven. Last week we did um, part six, and it was a wonderful time. Um, God, I've, I've been able to listen to it and and to go over and remind myself of the things that God um, has said, and that's a good thing, and that's the purpose of it. No matter where you are listening to this and when you listen to it, um, these lessons are not they don't they don't have to be one and done. They're there for you. You have access to them. You can listen to them on the podcast or on Zoom or however it is that you're listening. Um, You can listen to it over and over to feed your soul. You don't have to listen through all of it at once. You can break it up. However, God leads you to do it. The point is, is that this, that these lessons are here to nourish you. So make sure that you're feeding on that. There's more than enough spiritual food here to carry you through the week. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for that. You have said, if we look at verse number eight, seek my face. This is from the English standard version. Uh, My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I see. Hide not your face far from me or hide not your face from me turn not your servant away in anger oh you have been my help cast me not forsake me not O oh god of my salvation for my father and my mother have forsaken me but the lord will take me in amen that's from the english standard um, um version um, of that And, and, um, and as I said before, it's good to make use of the different um, translations, they will help you as far as the surface understanding and that's what they are for to help you get a good uh, quick kind of snapshot glimpse of what's going on now to get in depth in the scripture there's no substitute. Okay, there is no substitute for praying and studying the word of God, there are things that God has. Knowledge in His Word that God is want that God will give, but you're not going to get it unless you take some time and you commit to the Lord, and you do that through consistent prayer, okay, and through consistent studying. You have to make time. You have to make time to read the Word of God. You got to take time to pray over the Word of God, and by that we mean praying over what you read. If praying and studying the Word of God go hand in hand, they're not meant to be just one or the other. It really is a, a kind of a, a dynamic duo. It's a it's a tag team, if you will. Okay, praying, right, and studying the Word of God. Okay, when you're praying, you're talking to God. When you're studying the Word, God is talking to you. God speaks through his word now that's not the only way God has to speak but God speaks through his word okay and when God speaks and if he uses any other means of speaking he confirms his word. Okay. God doesn't say anything different or do any say anything different than what his word says. No, God operates according to his word. And there's a reason why God does not just go freestyle and just start doing all a whole bunch of different things that you've never seen him doing the word that you can't tie it to the tie a scripture to is a reason why, because if he did that, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't necessarily be able to identify or always know that it was him that's moving. So God moves consistently and in a pattern that is familiar. In other words, he moves in accordance with the scripture. Why? So that you can identify it's him. Because when you can identify that it's him, then guess what? You can praise and worship him. So God moves in a way that you're going to be able to identify why? So that you can say amen. So that you can say, I agree. So that you can praise him and you can worship and you can fellowship. He's not getting ready to do a whole bunch of different things. Listen, God does do new things, but that just mean when we say God does new things, that means it's new in your life. That means he may not have done it before in your life. Okay. But it is not a new thing in the sense that it has never been done before. No, 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 no. God doesn't do new things. Amen. Ecclesiastes makes that very plain. There's nothing new under the sun. God doesn't do that. Okay. Okay. And be careful of people who will try to make it seem like God is doing something just something totally new. And it's never been done. They're lying. Just 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 bypass them. Right. They don't get caught up in any of that foolishness. Don't follow along anybody with anybody. Who tries to encourage you and doing something new. That the word does not support. Whatever God tells you, got to be supported by the word. Amen. That's your foundation. So make sure you stick to that. Amen. Now, last week we left off, we ended up with a couple, with a few questions. Okay. Um, Not really a few questions, but a few statements. We said that there were two things. There were a few things that every true believer uh, must know. Okay, so every child of God should know. And we kind of ended on that on that note last week. Let's pick that thread back up. See what God has for us. Let him unpack some things for us. We said that there are a few things that every believer must know. And one of the things that we said is, is that God desires obedience. Okay, here's the first one. God desires obedience above everything and anything else we do. Amen. God desires obedience obedience above anything and everything else that we do. Many people want to do so much for the Lord, and there's nothing wrong with any of that, but be careful what you do. Be careful of the things that you settle on doing, so-called in the name of the Lord, because God has standards. And God has a preference for things. Okay. God is very, is loving and God is, it's wonderful that you want to do good things, hopefully good things you want to do for the Lord hopefully there are wonderful great exploits that you want to do great undertakings that you want to do and hopefully they are they are around and centered around the things that god wants okay amen meaning they're supported by the word i pray and i hope that all of you anyone who listens to this has desires to really serve god amen but just because you have the desire to serve god and you want to do a thing for the Lord does not mean that it's one the timing to do that thing or if whatever it is that you're trying to do can be done the way that you're trying to do it God is very particular so make sure that it's his way and not your way we said God desires obedience Above anything and everything else we do, we looked at first Samuel uh, chapter 15, 22 says this, and Samuel said, have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. To hearken means to listen, okay? And remember, listening to God is obedience you're doing what he's telling you to do. So he really is telling you obey obey. That's really what he's telling you in that scripture when he says has <clears throat> he says hath the lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the lord. He says behold to obey is better than sacrifice. That's obey. And then when he says and to hearken then then the fat of rams, he's talking about listening. And listening in scripture is also synonymous with obedience. So he literally is telling you obey, obey. He's doubling down on his command. Okay, and he's using the prophet Samuel to explain this to to the royal king Saul, and he's letting him know. Wait, well, hold on, Saul, you've come up with all this other stuff, and you're calling it service to God. But this is what God calls service. This is what God wants or what God has designated. And it is a difference. Look at Proverbs chapter 21, verse three, very simple scripture, but it also goes right in hand in hand with this to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Amen. Now, I want you to pay attention here because he uses here in um, uh, Solomon here in Proverbs uses The word sacrifice talks about sacrifice, Okay, to do justice and judgment. So doing what's right before the Lord, in essence, is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Amen. Amen. Now, notice what he says. It's more acceptable than sacrifice. Now, if you go back to first Samuel 15 and 22, notice what he says. And Samuel said, "Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and what? Sacrifices. When we start talking about sacrifices, we are literally talking about what we give to God, what we are able to do, okay? Whenever you are talking about sacrifice or our sacrifice, you are always talking about what or that thing that is in your power to do, or to give to God. That's what you're talking about, okay? You're talking about something that is within the realm of your capability to either do or present or provide unto God. So when we talk about sacrifice in relationship to God, we are never talking about something that you can't do. We're always talking about something that you can do it might be a struggle for you to do it. It might, it might, it might be a little painful to, for you to do it. It might be uncomfortable to do it. It might be all sorts of things attached to it, but you can do it. You can do it. Okay. When we talk about sacrifice in relationship to God, we're talking about what we are actually able to do. Now, Proverbs 21 and 3 and 1 Samuel 15, 22, in that A portion, add some context around our sacrifice, okay? Because when we talk about sacrifice, we're talking about what we're able to do. And since we are talking about what we are able to do, it becomes very easy to think that sacrifice, okay, or me doing what I'm able to do, just me doing it on the strength of that alone, is acceptable to God or is will suffice with God. In other words, sometimes we tend to think that you know what, I, you know, I, I can go out, you know what, I can do this and I can do that, so let me just do it. I'm gonna do everything that I can do on the strength of me just being able to do it, ability to do it, ability to give it, whatever it may be. And so I go through the motions of doing it.
1: But there's nothing really behind me motive-wise concerning what I'm doing. I'm just
0: doing it. So you get a lot of people that get caught up in the routine and in the habit or the ritual of doing and giving unto God, whatever that may be. Maybe it's going to uh, church on a Sunday, or maybe it's, um, it's, it's, it's putting money in an offering plate, or maybe it's, it's, it's volunteering some of this and some time here and some time there. It could be, it can be anything, even good things. You listen, you can do good things the wrong way. Okay. And when you tar- and when we start talking about God, we have to always keep in mind that God is particular. Now, when Saul and, uh, and 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 Solomon, when excuse me, when Samuel and Solomon in these two scriptures that I just gave you, in each case they tell you, "Yeah, um, sacrifice is good. The things that you're able to do are good. That's all fine and good." Notice Samuel. Samuel says. Um, Samuel said, "Have the Lord asked?" great delight in burnt offering he said as great delight meaning is there is it as equal to so there is some delight there is delight when you sacrifice when you honor God when you through sacrifice when you sacrifice your time and you sacrifice your money your resources or whatever it is when you sacrifice unto the Lord there is some delight there is some good there so and 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 you need to keep that in mind because Proverbs 21 and 3 says to do justice and judgment is more acceptable than to sacrifice. When he says then to sacrifice, he's telling you that sacrificing is acceptable. But in each case, they're telling you that it's not as acceptable as obedience. In other words, in other words, what it, sacrifice is good. Amen.
1: But it will never replace obedience. It will never trump doing what God
0: told you and I to do the way He told us to do it.
1: You can't just pawn off what you want to God and then expect God to respond. in the most extravagant ways or whatever it is that you're to
0: just, just, just be totally okay with all of that. We've used scriptures before that have shown us that God looks at the heart.
1: Matter of fact, we use one dealing with Sam, with Samuel and Saul. And with the coming of King David. Saul's rejected and David's getting ready to come on the scene.
0: And so Samuel is sent to select the next king. And when he goes to Jesse's sons to do so, God has to give him some, some criteria to look at. And he
1: says, look, don't look at his, his stature. Don't look at his conscience. Don't look at him. Don't look at the outside. And when the reason was given to him, the reason was simply because God doesn't look on the outward like men do. And I'm just paraphrasing, God looks on the heart. You're never going to be able to just pass off what you are able to physically do for the Lord if there's a broken heart behind it, if there's a messed up heart behind it. You put your money in the offering plate, yep, that, you, you, amen. God to use that. He'll use that to help the church. But don't think for a moment that just because you did that, that you good with God. No, you're not. And that's a problem that a lot of us have. Instead of really working on that relationship with God,
0: really getting where we're supposed to be getting right, pulling back on the things that are unright and and committing to the things that are right. Instead of doing that and really getting our heart right before God and thus getting right before God, we try to tip God and buy off God with the things that we're able to do.
1: Or I'll just go to a whole bunch of services or I'll just show up to everything or I'll just do this and I'll do that and a whole bunch of different things. And I'll submit to you, you're going to church, but God is not pleased. You're showing up for Bible study, but God is not pleased. You're tuning in to Bible study, you're tuning in to church, and God is not pleased. And why? Because you keep coming wrong. You keep coming to service without your heart. And that's going to always be a problem. That's going to always be a problem. Amen. God desires obedience above everything else.
0: And we also learned that obedience to God, this was the second thing, enables the Lord's power and his authority to be present in your life. So that means you can operate in it. Okay. And we learned that in second, we use Second Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. The, 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 the main verse in that is verse six. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when what? Your obedience is fulfilled.
1: God empowers you to do what you could not do when you commit to doing what you can do. You can make good on all the stuff that you dropped the
0: ball on before. I can make good on all the stuff that I, that I failed at before.
1: When I start being obedient, what does that really mean when we
0: say being obedient? It's very simple. I don't want anybody to be confused. Do what the word says do. That's it. Do what God said said do. No smoking mirrors. no, No floating and levitating in some super spiritual thing. No, no, it's none of that. God's word is simple easy to be understood when he opens your eyes and that's what i'm praying right now that god is opening your eyes we make serving god complicated but god has not made service to him complicated
1: it's not complicated he just wanted to be real and you and i gotta stop showing up with it being fake or phony whatever you want to call it We gotta be real with God because God's always real with us.
0: When you and I ask God to, or we petition God, we ask the question: that What grounds do we stand on? Are we standing upright and without fear? Are on the grounds of obedience? We come into God because we've been obedient. Remember, um, Psalms twenty-seven um, verse eight says, "When thou saidst seek my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face." Lord, will I seek? And remember, we talked about last week how this, you know, David basically came bold before the Lord with his petition well before we got the the, the scripture in Hebrews that told us that we could come boldly. And we learned that the reason why he was able to do that was because he was standing on obedience. And now that we understand that, then we legitimately have a, a question to ponder. When you and I ask
1: of God or we petition God, What grounds are we standing on? Are we standing on the grounds of obedience or are we trying to really just get by in the spirit of rebellion? How are we standing, how are we coming before God when we petition him? Because many many of us want,
0: we love to be able to go to God and ask, God
1: this and ask God that. We love that. And I submit that you should love that. That is a wonderful, beautiful blessing that has been given to the saints. To be able to come before the Lord boldly. That that, that is That's wonderful to be able to come before the Lord boldly.
0: But family, you got to pay attention to how you come in before the Lord. It's more than just having the right and the privilege.
1: It matters how we come before the Lord. The promises that God give us in the, in the scripture The fact that he gives us promises, that doesn't negate or somehow nullify our responsibility in how we come before the Lord or how we exercise those rights. See, God doesn't do. This world is enamored with, with, and
0: you can look on the new. You can just watch the news; it's all over the place. It is literally all over the place. And soon as I, soon as I, I say it, you, you're gonna, you you're, you're probably gonna immediately identify. But if you stop, and and if you stop and you look long enough, and you look at all the public outcry on this, that, and the other, there is a theme that you will notice. You are gonna see that there are a lot of people that want rights and and privileges they want to be able to do xyz they want all of these things but they want it without responsibility and that is just something and that is a part and you know what and that's just one of the shortcomings of of humanity we want power and authority but no accountability we want power and authority and no responsibility. We want to be able to do whatever it is that we want to do on the strength of us having the right to do it. But we don't want to take responsibility for how a thing is to be done. And that's a problem. And it's a problem in this world. And unfortunately, it is also a problem among the saints of God. We want to operate. We want to exercise the rights in the scripture. But we don't want to exercise
1: the responsibility of scripture. This is why we have so many people, even to this day, in the church that can just that can just absentmindedly
0: run over their brother and sister in their actions and their behavior.
1: All on the all <laughs> under the banner of them exercising their own spiritual liberty. We now have many people in the church that are more
0: concerned with exercising what they perceive as their spiritual liberty than caring about whether or not the exercising of that liberty is going to offend their brother or their sister. We've got people in the church that simply
1: just don't care, and such a thing should not be. Because you cannot be part of the church acting like that. What am I saying? I'm saying you're not going to make it to heaven acting like that.
0: You can't just run over your brother and your sister. You can't just, listen, you cannot just exercise all of your, Paul made it very plain that if the meat that I eat offends my brother, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to eat that meat. Do I have a right to eat that meat? Probably. But am I going to exercise that right? No. Why? Because to exercise it in this
1: fashion, in this place, and in this person's presence would be more detrimental to my brother or my sister than it would be helpful. And the church need to get back to that. Where you prioritize and you value I prioritize and I value the spiritual well-being of my brother and my sister. There are many rights and privileges afforded to us in the scripture. But Paul said it this way, all things are
0: lawful for me, but guess what? They're not all expedient. That means
1: just because I can do a thing or I have the privilege or the right to do a thing, Wisdom says this is not the right time. Wisdom says this is not the right place. Wisdom says I'm not in the right company to be taking advantage of that
0: liberty, to exercise that liberty. We have a hard time seeing that because we operate with such a self-centered lens that focus, where we got the magnification up like 20 billion times and it's just all on our own stuff. Nobody thinking them on the stuff of their brother and their sister.
1: We just all on our own stuff, and so we have a nation of so-called Christians who prioritize themselves over everyone else. Greedy Christians, inconsiderate. Christians who care more for their own worldly appetites and will seek to satisfy it by any means necessary
0: even at the expense of our brothers and sisters. And such a thing should not be.
1: That's not the way of God. We got to walk away from that. We got to walk away from that. Psalms 27, eight says, when thou saidest seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face will I see. What did God ask you to do? Have you done what he asked you to do? Have you done what he's asked of you? And if you've done it, did you do it the way he said do it? Or have you simply done a version of it? I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Knockoffs and counterfeits
0: won't work. You can't do You can't give God a version. Got to give him a genuine article.
1: Got to give him the real deal. Let's remind ourselves of how the Lord broke it down. Look at Matthew 25,
0: 42 through 46. For I was a hunger and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick and in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch
1: as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment,
0: but the righteous into ever, into life eternal.
1: I'm gonna try to make it plain. Serving God is not something that is done independent of serving one another. You cannot love God and mistreat your brother, your sister, your co-worker, your boss, your friends, your acquaintances, anybody. You can't just do people wrong for whatever reason you come up with or not do for people. You can't go around being unhelpful to all those that I mentioned before and anyone else
0: that I have not mentioned. All the while you maintain a good relationship or walk with God, you won't have it. You can't throw the, listen. People will make you tired. <laughs> Trust me, they make me tired. People will make you tired. And you will feel like I want to just man. I'm through with all this. I'm done with all of them. You're gonna feel like that. That's gonna happen from time to time. But you gotta let the spirit of the Lord cause that to ebb away, to take that away. You gotta take the offenses and the hurts and the things that God, that people do, and you gotta give that to God. Scripture tells us, "Cast our cares upon the Lord, for He careth." For us, we can we gotta we gotta we gotta bring that to the Lord. Jesus told us, Come unto me,
1: all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Don't let people drive you to hell, because they will. People will drive if you don't get caught up
0: in people, don't let them listen. And the fact that the devil is operating through many of them. Don't let that, don't, 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 don't. Don't let that book end your story. Because your story is not meant to end that way. The Bible teaches us that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And I'm telling you, God's written a different conclusion that He wants to add to your book. As he allows you to write the middle part, hopefully you're writing it in companionship and in unison with him. He's trying to be your co-author for the middle part. Now the beginning part and the end part, no, he's gonna do that part itself. He's the author and the finisher. He's gonna do that part. But that, but, but, but that end part, that's gonna be based
1: upon what you write in the middle, the life that you live. How are you living? Is Are the chapters
0: in your story full of obedience or are they full of disobedience?
1: Because if the chapters in your life story are full of obedience... And
0: I'm not talking about obedience to my specification and to my liking. No. Remember, we're talking about according to what God wants, because that's what this is all about. Doing what the Lord told you to do the way he told you to do it. And he ain't going to tell you to do it in
1: no way that's outside the scripture. So let's just handle that right there. But if you do, if your chapter don't have... what the editor is looking for. Your book's not going to get published.
0: I hope you hear the analogy here. If you don't, if what you write, God's allowing you to write and he's offering to help you write it, but he will let you write your own chapters yourself. And if you choose and elect to
1: go that way, you best believe he's going to edit your book. He is going to edit your book. Nothing just gets automatically published. No, not with God. And as he goes through your chapters and they don't have the stuff that it should, you're not
0: going to make it. But if those chapters are full of faith, you walking with God, giving God everything, you're going to make it. You are absolutely Going to make it.
1: Amen. And that's a good thing to know. And that's a good thing to know. But when we start
0: talking about what God wants, it's probably best to even start with what does God not want? Okay. Look at Isaiah. I want you to go to Isaiah. I want you to go to chapter one. And I want you to look at uh, we'll start at verse 10. Okay. Because David says. In our text, 27 8, when thou said to seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face will I seek. So my heart responded. David's heart responded. God had a command and David responded with the right
1: mindset and the right attitude, the right desires. Amen. Coming to God with what God wants, But what does God not want? Isaiah
0: uh, 1 10 through 17 says this, hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom, give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? And in case you you, you you're not getting it, he's not talking specifically to just to uh, not talking literally to Sodom and Gomorrah. He's talking to the people of Israel who are likened unto Sodom and Gomorrah. They they they're walking in unrighteousness. So when he uses this frame, when he these words or these or or these titles, he's using them not to refer to literal literal Sodom and literal Gomorrah, which the Bible which we know uh what happened to them, but but that spirit that was in Sodom and Gomorrah, that mindset, that way of doing things, that wickedness before God, God's people are being likened unto them, and that's not really not a good thing. And and so and so we we we're hearing what God has to say about all this. Verse eleven: To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Saith the Lord, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. And let me just say this before I continue. He's talking to Israel here, but people need to understand he's talking to us today. We who are the church. So this applies. What purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Saith the Lord, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats when ye come to appear before me. Who hath required this at your hand? In other words, who even told you to do this? Who told you to come with all this stuff? To tread my courts. Bring no more vain oblations. So that was the drink offerings and all that other kind of, is bring no more vain or empty oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths and calling of assemblies, that's all your services and everything that you're doing and where you're just going through the motion. I told you, God talks. When God talks, it talks to everybody. I cannot away with. It is iniquity. He says, that means it's lawlessness. Even the solemn meeting. I don't care if it's your most sacred meeting that you call your church service
1: of church service. God said, I'm tired of it. Amen. Somebody better hear it.
0: Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hated. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, what are you talking about? That's that's you. You waving your hands. You raise. You you you, you lifting up so-called holy hands. That's what we are talking about.
1: I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers.
0: That's everybody who want to stay at the altar, but your heart ain't right. And you and you ain't in and you're not intent in getting your heart right. You just want to go through the motion. He says, I will not hear. You might as well just get up, go sit down. That's what he's telling you. That is what he's telling you. Your hands are full of blood what does he mean by that it means you won't do right
1: it means you're still operating in all that sin it means you haven't truly repented verse 16 wash
0: you make you clean put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes cease to do
1: evil learn to do well seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. That's heavy because this scripture here covers everything. We're talking about what God don't want. And I'm hoping that you're hearing this he does not want you to go through the motions. He does not want you to go through the motions.
0: Turn to Malachi chapter one, verses six through 10. See, these are scriptures that people need to know, that we need to know, because we got to stop coming to God any kind of way and thinking that it's okay. It's not okay. Okay. Many of us struggle in the area of of getting our prayers answered and we don't know why. Well, today we're talking about why it is that we struggle in those areas because many times we're bringing to God what he don't want. In other words, we're exercising the oper- we're exercising the right and the privilege that he's given us to come before him. So we got that part. We're coming before the Lord. Where we're messing up is, is that we're coming before him wrong. And that's what we're tackling today. What's what we're dealing with when we're talking about this obedience and in this um, Psalms 27, and we're looking at um, um, verse eight, because we haven't really moved out of that just yet. It's, listen, you can't can't come to God any kind of way. God told David, seek my face. His heart responded. He responded with the core, with everything. In other words, he responded the right way. He responded to the summons of God the right
1: way. And as long as you and I are responding the wrong way, we're not going to see success in the lord it, it just not gonna happen god is never gonna bless
0: mess he's never done it before and he and he's not gonna do it now malachi 1 6 through 10 because remember now we're talking about again what does god not want because we, we we've already asked the question what does god want did you do what he told you to do and did you do it the way that he told you to do it So now we're talking about, what, because if we're going to talk about what God wants, we got to talk about what he doesn't want. Malachi 1, 6 through 10 says this, a son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then
1: I be a father, where is my honor? Now this is God talking to Israel. And this is heavy. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be
0: a master, you know, you call me master. Where is my fear? In other words, reverence and respect. That's what he's talking about there. Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name. You don't think that you are. He's talking to people who don't think that they're despising his name. He's talking to us who don't think that we're doing anything wrong by coming to God any way that we want. We think that we're good simply because we're coming. We've taken one scripture that says you can come, and so we come, and we think that we're doing good, and we have no we have no idea that we're messing up. As the day is long, why? Because we're coming the wrong way. And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts, O priests that despise my name, and ye say, wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar.
1: And ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? because remember
0: when when God outlined the requirements for sacrifices they couldn't bring and the sacrifice couldn't be all couldn't be have blemishes and be messed up or maimed or have anything wrong with it so that's what he's really getting into because they're supposed to know better family they're supposed to know better and if he offered the blind for sacrifice is it not evil and if he offered the lame and sick is it not evil now watch this. Offer it now to thy governor. So in other words, if it's so good and it's so great and you think it and you really think it's OK, why don't you go give it to, the, to your governor is what he says. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person? Saith the Lord of hosts. And now I pray you. Beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath
1: been by your means. Will he regard your person? Sayeth the Lord of hosts. Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for not? Neither do you
0: kindle a fire on my altar, for not. I have no pleasure in you," saith the Lord of hosts. Neither
1: will I accept
0: an offering at your hand.
1: That's heavy, because God is saying, "You listen. You cannot bring me anything." The way that you want, and it be okay. Now, let's unpack this for just a moment. God's talking
0: to the children of Israel, he's talking to these priests who are bringing sacrifices. Now, notice they are bringing sacrifices, and we know from scripture that God wants us to sacrifice. Okay, we know that. Amen. God wants us to bring sacrifice. Okay, sacrifices of joy and things, all these different things. Okay, so we know that sacrificing unto the Lord is something that is favorably looked upon now we know also from scriptures past earlier that we know that it's not as good as obedience and it and it will never replace obedience but god does accept god does accept sacrifice but what you're learning here is the context of the sacrifices in which god actually accepts okay so yes he does accept them but there's a criteria or there is a standard okay for the accepting of the sacrifice all right so when you look at the scripture back in Malachi. Okay. And he asks you, and where he literally tells them in verse number eight if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? And he says, Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person? Saith the Lord of hosts. He he challenges Israel and he tells them, He says, Listen, you're coming with an offering. Yes. I have said I have given you permission to bring sacrifice and offering, but you are missing the point with the things that you are doing because it's just because you're not giving me your best. This is what he's talking about: the blind, you offering, <laughs> you're offering the blind and 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 the lame and the sick. So what they literally were doing was they were no longer taking the time to pick out the the the, the sacrifice that was according to the according to the commands of God, the ones that met the, the strict requirement of God. They had stopped doing that and they began to just take any old thing and use that as an offering. And they had the nerve to think and to expect God to bless them on the strength that they were bringing an offering. And that is what is happening to many of us today. We think and we want God to bless us. We expect God to bless us on the strength that we go to church, on the strength that we tune into a service, on the strength that we open up the Bible, on the strength that we do X, Y, and Z, or Z, Y, and X. We think that God is supposed to bless us and we expect him to bless us on the strength of us just doing these things, but we are no longer taking into account the context and the manner and the condition of our heart. In other words, our motive behind why we are doing the things that we're doing. Why? Because if your motive is right, you won't give God the worst, you'll give God the best. Second best just doesn't work for God you don't serve a second best God he's the only true and living God so why we want to treat him like he's just second best or second class or whatever you want to call it and God was literally telling between Isaiah 1 and 10 through 17 and Malachi 1 6 through 10 he's God was saying I'm tired of it you're going through the motion and there are
1: many people now to this day. And I'm gonna say you better learn what church is really about,
0: because some of this stuff that people got going on, you better make sure that your heart is
1: right. You, I don't care you can go to you can go to twenty twenty thousand services in one day And that ain't enough to buy God off. You can put your life savings in the offering plate. But you can't tip God. That heart got to be right. That heart has to be right. So then what does God want? Obedience. Obedience. Notice we went right back to the same thing. Obedience. First Samuel 15,
0: 22. And Samuel said, have the Lord as great delight, burn offerings, sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. We already gave you Proverbs 21, three. There it is again. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. How come I did come up with something new and I just gave you the same scriptures that
1: I gave before? Because it doesn't change, family. His word is what it is and he is telling you this all day long. God wants obedience. God wants us. Romans 12 and one, I beseech you therefore, brethren,
0: by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice,
1: holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable what? Service. Amen. What does God want? Obedience. Look at Psalms 116, 12 through 14. Oh, I love it this morning. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his
0: benefits toward me? What can I give him? What can I do for you, God? What what can I offer? What sacrifice can I give? What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon what? The name of the Lord. I will pay my vows
1: unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Do you not know that we just read that the answer to the psalm writer's question of what shall
0: I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? The
1: answer is obedience. When he says, I'll take the cup of salvation, that's obedience. When he says, I'll call upon the name of the Lord, that's obedience,
0: because that's what God, all of this is what God tells you to do. All that stuff is in scripture.
1: He says, I'm gonna do it now in the presence of all all his people. That's obedience. Why is that important now in the presence of all these people? Didn't the Lord tell you, didn't he tell me that
0: if you ashamed to own him before men, he'll be ashamed to own you before the father? So yeah, you got to do it in front of everybody. Yes, you've got to let this world know that you
1: stand for Jesus, that he is your Lord, that he is your God, he is your King, and you are not ashamed of him. He says, I'm gonna do it now. I'm not going to wait. And, it, and I'm, not gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not
0: gonna pawn it off on tomorrow or some other day, next week, next month.
1: I'm gonna pay my vow to the Lord now. In the presence of all his people, obedience. I'm not going to wait to be obedient. What God has put in my power to do, I'm going to do that right now. Right now. God bless you, brothers
0: and sisters. Next week, we're going to pick this back up and we're going to take a deeper dive into what it really means to respond with the heart. That's going to be a good lesson for us on next week, talking about responding with the heart. Because remember, our text did say in verse number eight, it told us, and when thou said seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face will I seek. So there was a heart response. And next week, we're going to deep dive into that, responding with the heart and to really talk about that. It's going to be a blessing. I pray that today you have a great Sunday and that you find occasion to take this word, not just to study it and to meditate on it, but also use it to help somebody else. God bless you. And until next time.